Well, welcome back to the Walk as Jesus Walk podcast series. And in today's message, we're going to focus on the topic of brotherly love. In Romans chapter 12, verse 10, Paul writes that we should be devoted to one another in brotherly love. To outdo yourselves in honoring one another, Paul says. Now, what does it mean to outdo yourselves, to honor someone else? Unfortunately, today a lot of people think of brotherly love as doing something that calls attention to themselves that they've done something good. And that's not brotherly love at all. Um, In fact, that's a way of people trying to draw attention to themselves because they want to look good in the eyes of other people or to look good in the eyes of God. So this podcast is actually going to discuss what the scriptures tell us of not only the importance of exercising brotherly love and doing so each and every day, but to do so in all circumstances, regardless, all circumstances. Now, in our last five podcasts, we've discussed the topics of perseverance, persevering to the end, enduring in spite of anything that we're challenged with in our lives, doing the will of God, not our own will, not what we think God would want us to do, not to do something to please God, but to actually do his will, what it means to be obedient to God, to actually obey him when he puts his will out there for us to follow through, seeking spiritual wisdom from above, so that we're not seeking wisdom from some denomination or uh, seeking it from some great teacher or pastor that we revere, but seeking wisdom from above, spiritual wisdom. And lastly, what's the price of disobedience to God as told by Jesus? And we got that from the parable of the prodigal. Now, each of these messages, they help to define what it means for us to live a righteous life in Christ. Yet, There's one thing above all else that we're commanded to do and that if it's missing in the end, all these other attributes, all these other things will count for nothing. The greatest attribute of a child of God is to fulfill the two commandments given to us by Jesus. In Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 to 40, it tells us, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is what Jesus commanded us to do, to love God with everything that we are, to put him first, above everything, everyone, above all else. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second commandment is like it. That's what Jesus said. It's like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, we know it's human nature to love oneself. Uh, It's um, part of the vanity that goes along with human nature. Uh, People will always seek to put themselves first, to do things to fit their own narrative, their own agenda. Even when they say they're not, they typically are. And so when Jesus said to love your neighbor as yourself, he meant to love others with that same 
reverence, that same desire. Now, all the law and the prophets, Jesus said, hang on these two commandments. Everything. Hang on these two commandments. So Paul, he actually wrote in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, therefore, as the elect of God, and if you truly are elected or chosen by God, a lot of people say, I chose to follow Jesus. I chose to go to church. I chose to be a Christian, that it's something that they chose. But realize this, that unless they're elected by God, all of those things are for naught. But he writes, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with hearts of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. In Romans 5.8, tells us, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man. They just won't. Though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God proves his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, totally unrighteous, totally separated from God, Christ died for us. Now, John wrote in 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, by this, we know what love is, that Jesus laid down his life for us. And therefore, we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Who are our brothers? Who is it that we're supposed to lay down our lives for? Well, Jesus tells us in John chapter 15, verses 9 through 17, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Then he says for us to remain in his love. Remain in my love, he says. If you keep my commandments, well, then you will remain in my love. So these two commandments are pinnacle, critical for our lives in Christ. We can say we do all these other things, but if we don't truly put God first in our lives each and every day, and at the same time, just like it, loving others, just as we love ourselves, well, then we haven't kept his commandments. And he says, if you do keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told you these things, Jesus said, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Now, you are my friends, Jesus said, if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant really doesn't understand what his master is doing. He just does it. But I have called you, you friends because everything that I have learned from my Father, through the power of the Holy Spirit, I have made known to you. You did not choose me. I chose you. You didn't choose to follow me. I chose you and called you to follow me. And I appointed you. I appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will remain. 
so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he'll give you. This is my command to you. Love one another. In Mark chapter 8, verses 34 through 38, it tells us that at one point, Jesus called not only his disciples, but he called the crowd to him along with his disciples. And thus, this message was for both his true followers and for those who remain in this world who are not actually following him. He told them this, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself. And he must to take up his cross and follow me. So to deny oneself means to put others first. For whoever wants to save his own life will lose it. Now, this is human nature. People want to save their own life. I don't want to die, is what they'll say. And so they, they will hold on to their life. But whoever loses his life, Jesus said, for my sake and for the gospel, will actually save their life for eternity. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world? To gain everything, yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? And many people have said, oh, if you just give me this, you can have my soul. And, and they do this all the time to all kinds of pagan gods, all kinds of spiritual forces, but yet they refuse to do it to Christ. And he says, what can a man gain in exchange for a soul? If anyone's ashamed of me and my words, Jesus said, in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory and with his holy angels. Now later, Jesus spoke for those who make the claim to know and follow him, which so many people do. I know Jesus. I go to church. I'm a Christian. Many, many people claim to know him and follow him. But in truth, they have their hearts turned towards this world, compromise life. They care about their life in this world. In Luke chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus said to them, you know, you are the ones who justify yourselves before men. But God knows your hearts. For what is prized among men, and many people will love you for doing this and doing that and saying this and saying that, but what is prized among men is detestable before God. And Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, that we to do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, we should count others more significant than ourselves. But we should put others in front of ourselves. Yet this isn't human nature. This is not the nature of God. This is the nature of mankind to put others second, to put themselves first, to have selfish ambition, to be conceited to lack humility. Today, just as back when these were written in, in what's now the New Testament, many people falsely claimed to really follow Jesus. And in truth, they were following a religious lifestyle. The Jews followed a religious lifestyle. And many people in the first century all the way to today have followed 
religious lifestyle. Read the epistles and you'll see that it's written in there. You act like mere men, like worldly people, because they were following a religious life, a life of rules, just like the law was there. But Jesus came and fulfilled the law. But yet today, mankind has built their own set of laws that have to be fulfilled if you're going to be a good Christian. So they live these religious lifestyles that fit their own personal agendas. Well, James, he wrote in James 3, 14 through 16, to those who are religious and not truly following Christ, he wrote these things. But if you have bitter jealousy or selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast to be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it's earthly. It's earthly wisdom for people who boast and that are false to the truth, who don't actually follow Jesus but claim to, who don't actually live each day for Christ, but yet because of their religious practices, because of their traditions, because each week they go through their own whatever it takes for them to feel like they're righteous in God's eyes. Well, because they do these things, they seek to fulfill their own things from their own wisdom. And it doesn't come down from above. It's earthly. James said it's unspiritual. And James said it's demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exists, There'll be disorder in every vile practice. So you see, you cannot serve two masters. You either serve the world or you serve the kingdom of heaven. But you cannot serve both. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15, it clearly states that Christ died for all, for everyone. That those who live might no longer live for themselves. But yet, for him, who for their sake died and was raised, but yet so many people won't come to Christ. They won't live for Christ. They still live for themselves. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 24, we read, Let no one seek his own good. Don't seek for your own good, but seek for the good of your neighbor. See, mankind is selfish by nature. However, those who are truly in Christ, they're supernaturally transformed. They're born again into a new creation, a creation that is capable of loving others as Christ loves them and loves us. Now, moreover, we learn in Galatians chapter 5, verse 26, that we should not become conceited provoking and envying one another. We should never draw into account the things that we possess or the things that we lack and compare them to others. Because we possess what God gives us. And if we lack, we don't lack at all. We lack maybe in the eyes of the world or maybe our own selfish desires. But if we're living for Christ, we lack nothing. However, it is human nature to go ahead and start making that comparison to what others have or what I don't have or 
I, I have this and you don't have that. Instead, we should seek to share everything that we do have for the benefit of others. In fact, in 1 John chapter 3.17, it says, But if anyone has the world's goods and then sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? This is what the world does all the time. We know that the love of God doesn't abide in the world and the people of this world. We know it can only abide in those who are in Christ. And so if we have things, possessions that the Lord has blessed us with in this world, worldly goods, and we see someone else in need, we need to reach out and be a blessing to them in the name of Christ, in reverence to Christ. Yet many close their heart against him. And then, as it says, how can God's love abide in this person? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. It tells us plainly that we must submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That we revere Christ, and so therefore we will humble and submit ourselves to one another. Now that's brotherly love. Yet so many will attempt to show others what they're doing in the name of God to gain favor in the eyes of others, to try to gain favor from God but yet not in true service to Christ. Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, that we must be like-minded and sympathetic. Love our brothers. Be tender-hearted and humble. Now that is what Christ desires of, of us most of all. That's what he wants, is for us to share love. God is love. He showed the greatest love by offering it to us. So in Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37, we learn that one day, an expert in the law, a Bible scholar, somebody who's got something memorized from Scripture and they know it, stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? This is the question. Everyone in the world will ask, what should I do to inherit eternal life? They try to find a way that will fit their own agenda, their own narrative. And that's what he was doing. So Jesus said, hey, you know what? What is written in the law? What does it say? How do you read it? Well, the man said to him, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, Jesus said, you've answered correctly. Do this, truly do this, and you will live. However, Jesus knew what was in his heart. He knows what's in all of our hearts. He knows if we truly seek to love God first, and then to love our brother as we love ourselves. We are so foolish to believe that somehow or another we can falsify that by maybe actions or by what we say. Well, like I said, Jesus said, you've answered correctly. If you do this, you will live. 
But then wanting to justify himself, this man, he looks at Jesus and he asks, well, then if you say this, then let my neighbor as myself. Who's my neighbor? Well, Jesus took up this question. He wanted to answer this question. You want to know who your neighbor is? Let me tell you. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. Well, these robbers, they stripped him, they beat him, and then they went away. And they left this man half dead. Now, by chance, a priest, a holy person, a religious person, one that seeks to please God, was going down that same road. But when he saw this man who was beaten and left to be dead by the robbers, he passed by this man on the other side of the trail, on the other side of the path. So too, when a Levite, these were the, um, the Levit Levitical order where the priesthood designed by God to go ahead and exec execute priesthood under the law. So now you're talking about another holy man. And this person's coming down, this Levite. He came to the spot and he saw the man laying there. So he passed by on the other side as well. But when a Samaritan, now a Samaritan, they were, of course, um, half-Jews. They were considered half-breeds, not considered Jews at all by those who were pure Jews. Uh, and they looked down on the Samaritans. They were less than type people. He was on a journey, this Samaritan. And he came upon that man who had been beaten and robbed and left for dead. And he looked at him and he had compassion for him. He went to him. He bandaged his wounds. He poured oil and wine on his wounds to help soothe him, to help give him comfort. Well, then he took this, this beaten man and he put him on his own horse. He put him on his own animal and he brought him to an inn. He truly was taking care of him. And it says he took care of him. The next day, as he was caring for him the remainder of that day, the next day came, and the man who found him, the Samaritan, he took out two denarii, and he gave it to the innkeeper of that inn. And he said, continue to take care of him for me. And on my return, I will repay you for any additional expenses that you might incur. Then Jesus looked, and he asked, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? Now, the one who showed mercy, of course, is what the expert in the law replied. And then Jesus told him, then go and do likewise. And this is what he tells us. Do we show mercy? Do we show true compassion? Do we really love others unconditionally, regardless of their condition, regardless of how they treat us, regardless of who they are? Do we seek to treat them just as we would treat ourselves, to care for them just as we would care for ourselves? Well, this is exactly what Jesus was asking of us and asks of us to this day. Thus, in closing, we must seek to obey the commandments of Jesus, 
There's so many commandments out there that people have made part of doctrines and traditions and practices in 37 million churches around the, the world. But yet, we are called to obey the commandments of Jesus if we're in Christ. Let all the others follow all those other things, all those denominations, all those rules, all those practices, if that's what they want to do. But you, what do you want to do? Well, we're called to live a life of love, following the commandments of Jesus, to put God first, God first in our lives, and to love everyone else, just as you love your own self. We call that brotherly love. Brotherly love is supernatural. It's a supernatural love that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you don't have Christ in your life, if you're not in Christ, you don't have the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can't truly experience brotherly love. How could you see that the Spirit of God abides in you? How could you abide in Christ if you don't show this? So this is a fruit of the Spirit. Us to be able to love others through the power of the Holy Spirit. And no matter how mankind strives to emulate this love, all the good things that they do, all the charity, all through all of their human acts, they cannot love as commanded by Jesus unless they're truly in Christ. So I ask if you're truly in Christ, because if you're not truly in Christ, there's no way you can show the brotherly love that's expected. And if you don't show the brotherly love, you're not in Christ. And if you're not in Christ, your soul remains separated from God. But for those who are in Christ, for those who do excel in brotherly love, well, know this, that if you do these things, you will be walking as Jesus walked.